It's time for the show that brings the magic right to your speakers. Ears up! Hey, everybody. Welcome back. We are back in the studio. As you can tell, you live listeners uh, had some audio issues going on, but... You know, that's look, that's to be expected. No one should get mad or upset <laughs> oh, yeah, or of anything or like blamed. that. Nobody right, should no. get blamed. It's right. fine. Not this time because it was if somebody very important, it was their fault. Not that anybody's at fault. That, right. But if there was fault to apply, Taryn, it would go to the most important person in the room. Right. Which is you. No. So once again, Taryn, <laughs> you know, just get out. Just, no, it's my fault, live listeners, but, uh, you know... <clears throat> Those are that's a sentence I've never used before. <laughs> Literally ever. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the show, everybody. Honestly, uh, this is show number one hundred and one. Yay! Wow. wow, that's crazy. And we're here uh, today. We have a cool show for you, as always. We're going to talk about the hundredth show just a little bit, just to do some general recap stuff, not like inundate you with a blow by blow by blow. Let's just do it all again. Yeah. One more time. Na, 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 na. Um, we have to call Sully. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just talk about our experience and, and what we liked and, and maybe what we didn't. I don't know. Who knows? Who can really tell? Um, and then we're going to do uh, some feedback. We're going to do some Terrence thinks or stinks, those of you in the know. <laughs> then we're going to talk to Jeremy from Spectral Radio. Then we're going to have, uh, what is it, the history, a brief history of Captain EO? Very brief, actually. <laughs> okay. This was a movie. Then it was a 4D experience. Now it's gone. The end. Uh, then we're going to have a window from Bev, a Main Street window. Yes. And then we're going to do some Disney news. So settle in. It's going to be a show. Will not be 15 minutes long. <laughs> then we're going to, uh, after we're done recording this, we're going to record the secret show for November. And boy, do we have some news. John Lasseter. <coughs> Excuse me. So, yeah. I honestly cannot wait for that discussion. We have some good stuff. And, uh, you know, I realize the secret show is almost like an hour now. We're going to trim that down a little bit. Yeah, we need to rein that in a little bit. But uh, anyway. That'll happen. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's true. Uh, Anyway, before uh, we get too far afield, I do want to say uh, go rate us on iTunes if you guys would like to do that or, or, or wherever you know, people are wanting to rate other people. Uh, you can find us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest. You can send feedback on the show to Taryn at earsup-podcast.com. Any compliments goes to Terrence at earsup-podcast.com. And you can say hi, hi. to Bev at earsup-podcast.com. And anything else comes to me. My name's Jason. Don't forget to check out the blog for more cool Disneyland info, like our Disney Animated Classics review, which I just published. Yes, I did it today. Good you job. Really, I really did. Oh, it's up there, wow. bro. Hold up. I got to look. Terrence is calling me out. I'm proud of you. Wait, I've, how long I'm have I been shocked. having these microphone stands, and I just realized they're adjustable? Like, really? I'm hunched over like Quasimodo. Oh, <laughs> God, that's nice. Wow. That's so good. Oh, wow. oh, you don't have your cover either. No, I didn't know it's that you could do that either. It's right there. That would make things a lot easier. Just it would, right? A little bit. Are yeah. you serious? Yeah. Oh, we Apparently, don't. now we're all just... Mine's at the perfect height already. <laughs> well, you're short. I didn't, I didn't I don't need know. anything. I kind of have to come down a little bit. Oh. oh Why I am I turning to... this and nothing's happening? <laughs> well, <laughs> we gave you the Terrence warp. Well, they don't broken. all work. 
But yeah, man, I did the uh, I did the animated classics review on Fun and Fancy Free, which I found on the internet in its entirety. On which, the internet. On the internet. It was a, it's a kind of a cool. Well. What am I trying to say? It's one of those videos. Uh, it's a movie. It's like an hour long or whatever. What? This is way better. Right, it is, right? It's like, oh, this is really nice. Posture. I'm not like talking yeah. into my navel. I'm so fat and all those other things. Like, I'm always like hunched yeah. out. And I'm like, God, do I really look like that? Like okay, Pizza well, the Hut. You're just like, Ugh. Um, Pizza the Hut. Pizza the Hut. Thank totally. you very much. Uh, Fun and Fancy Free was one of the, <laughs> like, the, they call them packaged videos or packaged movies uh, during wartime, World War II, to save money. Disney would just like, Pushing things together to kind of get them out and to you know make money and to save money. What? Nothing. That was my computer making sounds. Okay. <laughs> no worries. No worries. You're fine. Um, it's fair. And so both of the it was two shorts. One called Bongo, and one is everybody knows Mickey and the Beanstalk. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. That was part. Of, that was the second part of Fun and Fancy Free, but they were both originally developed as feature lengths, and then they got cut and trimmed down. Each to about half an hour or whatever, and then released in this format. Mickey's Magic Beanstalk or whatever it's called uh, was actually re-shown and re-kind of edited like three more times. So the one that everyone has seen is with like Ludwig von Drake, yes, um, yes. as the host, but he wasn't the original host. It was some ventriloquist homie from the 30s and 40s. I forget his name. I now. didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, neither did I. I was like, oh, that's cool. They just kept all the animation, but they had Ludwig Ludwig von Drake right. voiced by the handsome Paul Freeze. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. Um. Anyway, it's just I, I thought it was really interesting. So, um, check that out. You know, if you want to. Wait, what's happening? Go away. Why is it auto-playing? Um, you can support us via shopping on our Amazon link. That's on our homepage. You click on that. goes right to Amazon. Nothing else happens, and uh, Amazon pays us a little bit for referring you for that purchase. You can sign up for reoccurring donations if you want via PayPal. Oh, my God, Taryn. Sorry. Look, I like hearing my voice, but you know, not <laughs> sorry, that much. Was, uh, sorry. That's right. Um Via PayPal, if you want to do that, or you can go over to our Patreon uh, page, which is patreon.com slash ears up, and there you can sign up to be a reoccurring donor on any sort of level that you would like. I've changed them a little bit, but you know you don't need to know that. And then uh, you get something in return for paying us some money. Give us some money. Get something in return besides this show. Um, you know, It's just our way of, uh, of giving back to the community. Or you can go to co- getcoveers.com. And buy Coveers. They're great for you. Uh, Tro shirts are up there also. I have a couple of women's shirts I'm going to put up there for sale. I have a black shirt in men's I'm going to put up there at some point whenever I have time. Nice. Just one. Just one (laughs) single shirt. Get them while they're they're there. Yeah. Um, I also want to tell you guys about a new show we have that is coming out, I believe, next month in December. Uh, the mid of December. It's Anthony's new show, Kanye. Uh, it's called Sabers and Superpowers because we've had him on before, and he's a super Marvel nerd um, and Disneyland or not Disneyland, a Star Wars kind of a guy. So it's him and two other people, mm-hmm. and uh, it's about an hour or so show of just in depth, in your face, like Thor Ragnarok. I guess is the new thing coming right. out, the new Marvel thing. Mm-hmm. They know all about it. They know all about the canon. They know all about what was left out of the movie that was in the comic books. They know right. all that kind of stuff. So if you're super into that kind of stuff, that's a new show coming out. Um, we're gonna have we're gonna have three episodes released at the same time. I think this is a really good idea. I think I so like too. It. I was like, oh man, I want to do that. 
oh, but I don't know anything. Like, I just not that, I don't care that much, I guess. Right. right. Um, but Anthony does. Yes. <laughs> Anthony sure does. And he found two people uh, that I think you guys are going to like. They're friendly and they're outgoing. And um, they know a lot of stuff. So if you're into Marvel, if you're into the whole Marvel thing and uh, Star Wars thing, uh, this is going to be the show for you. So check it out. Uh, they're going to record their third show on the first, and then I'll probably release it sometime around mid-December, uh, as soon as I get a logo from that kid. And uh, I think it'll be great. And then it'll be going forward. It'll be one show a month. That's so awesome. you're going to be able to have three podcasts on this channel, two of us, one of Anthony. We're expanding. Very cool. We're expanding. Um, all right, Taryn, you got some feedback for us, eh? I do. All right. This first one is from uh, Zabrina. With a Z. Uh, she's written in before. Zabrina with a Z. Yeah. I, th- I mean, I assume, unless there's two Zabrinas, but I think that's pretty That would be kind of amazing. Name. There's not in the world. Uh, she <laughs> says, can't get enough. That's the subject. Uh, currently watching your 100th episode, and I'm super bummed I wasn't able to make it. Just wanting to write in again and again. Oh, there we go. Just wanting to write in again and tell you. Problem solved. <laughs> Problem solved. Tell you all that you rock. And I've literally stopped listening to other Disney podcasts because let's face it, they all suck oh, and are boring oh, wow. <laughs> compared to ears. Up. Oh, that's very sweet. Thank that's very, very nice. By the way, I've uh, speaking of other Disney podcasts, I've, and I wasn't going to say this, but whatever. I've seen there's at least one that's I don't want to say that's, again, taking stuff from us, but. Oh, there's a, there's there's at least one that's suddenly doing bits and calling them the segments that we're doing, and I just find that really interesting. for real. Yeah, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say what it is because it'll be easy to find. But it's just you know there's there's some segments titles, and again it could also be like this is just something that everyone thinks of at the same time. But uh, look, I've never seen another podcast do Disney news and call it Disney news right with our bumper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Anyway, Charlie. Uh, go, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, she continues, I'm going to Disneyland December 27th through 29th. I know it's going to be nuts, and I will be trying uh, chicken strips with strawberry syrup. Churro <laughs> Too cha- soon! <laughs> churro challenge and anything else you can suggest. I also will be purchasing a churro shirt and be rocking my Main Street Fanny Packers merch. Attaboy. Oh, wow. I hope one day to finally meet you all. Me too. You know, I've actually heard that the few days after Christmas isn't that busy. Mm. Yes, I've heard the same thing. Even though it's a blackout date, I've that's what I've heard. I, I don't know if it's true or not. That'd be great. Yeah. Well, good luck. Well, good I luck, hope, Sabrina. I hope so. Let I hope, us know, I mean, I man. hope it's not busy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, next I hope it's so busy for her. <laughs> <laughs> she deserves it. Yeah. No. Um, the next one's from Rich. Hello, Rich. Uh, Hi, ears up, staff. Staff. Wow. <laughs> That's assuming we get paid. <laughs> they do. We don't. Yeah. Um, hi, ears up, staff. Just a quick note about the 100th show. My wife and I had a great time. It was a lot of fun and super cool getting to meet you guys. Thank you for the gift bag and for the prizes uh, that we won. Only one thing would have made it perfect. Oh, no. I don't know why, but I look forward to Bev saying rude. And she didn't. Aww. But that's okay. Rude. I'm so rude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's okay. Looking forward to the 200th show. Yeah. Till then, as they say, see you in the park. Wow. Aww. <laughs> I, I really want somebody to come to you and be like, just, just, just say it. Just say and you'll be like, what? Just, you know, just uh, rude. <laughs> just, just say it. No, just say something awful to me and I'll just respond. Rude. 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 Right. <laughs> Exactly. Um, this- Would you run out of conditioner? <laughs> Rude. Rude. Oh, are you commenting on my hair right now? No. Rude. <laughs> no, I just... I was just... Wow. Just, you have time to thing. blow dry. <laughs> you just hung your head out the window as you drove out here. Didn't even do 
It's fine. I didn't even notice your hair. Now she's playing with her hair. I feel really bad because before we left, I was like, so are you going to do your hair before we go? You did? I did. Oh. He did. And so I wa- he was standing in the kitchen with Sam. I walked into the kitchen with some spray and conditioner and was like, done. <laughs> It's, oh, so it's awful and puffy, but it smells great. Nice. <laughs> there you go. That's all that matters. Yeah. <laughs> um, our next one is from Norman. On numerous episodes, I've heard a mispronunciation of the Spanish word zocalo. Uh-oh. The accent mark gives emphasis to the first syllable, zo. Every town in Mexico has a zocalo or main square. I recently oh. visited the zocalo in Mexico City. Oh. I, that's, that makes oh. sense now. Okay, okay, okay. I... Okay. Yes, it does. Yeah. And I totally appreciate that, Norman. However, I'm going to keep saying Zocalo because I like saying it that <laughs> way. And it sounds better. Just like I like saying Sum Sums when Rinch. I know it's Sum Sum. Right. I don't really oh, care. Oh, it's Sum Sum? In the Caribbean. And I will say one more thing. If you look up the picture, because uh, we're obviously not there right now, but if you look up the picture of I'm the right sign, there. there's no accent over the O. Well, I think it's confusing everybody who, uh, what is that? Why is the hash <laughs> Rancho mark Rancho del Zocalo? Yeah. yeah that's, I don't like that. That's why I'm just going to keep saying it how I say it. I know it's wrong. To say so it's what, ra- uh, ranch of the town square or ranch of the market town ranch? Or? What would be town square ranch? Main, yeah, main square. Main huh. Now I don't like the name. Well, just so keep Rich, calling I, it so, so I appreciate Kahlo. it, Rich, because I now I hate the name because it makes no sense. Thanks, Rich. Now we're not going to be able to eat there. <laughs> Oh, it's stage That's door cafe. I'm sorry, that wasn't cafe Rich. That me. was Norman. Norman, sorry. Uh, yeah, I I never really realized that it's kind of a dumb name. Hmm. It's fine. It's fine. I'll still eat there because it's still it's still, still delicious. Even the, even with the price increase, okay? Because they yeah. did raise the prices. Yeah. It's still the best value for your dollar, pound for pound. Definitely, hundred percent. Yeah. Oh, and their breakfast? Oh, my God. They have breakfast. I didn't know they had breakfast. Dude, they closed I... down. Uh, I think they're open for like an hour, maybe two hours or something like that. Uh, but then they closed down to, to transfer for lunch. Yeah, but okay. So usually Disneyland breakfasts aren't that good. But this one was so good that I've woken up twice this week wishing that I had those pancakes. Which, by the way, I've never been a big pancake person, but apparently the kid is. So <laughs> I, little Conrad, they are really good. No. Get out of town! Yes, dude. They, what did I have for brekkies? I forget. I think you had like a, a breakfast burrito type thing. Oh yeah, the chorizo and egg burrito. Yeah, yeah, dude. And so we went in. Was it the day when? When did we went we twice? Yeah, but we went in one day, and it was like I think it was Friday. Packed. Oh yeah, packed and for what, breakfast. What time though? Breakfast time, so eleven thirty. No, oh, no. So eleven. It stopped at eleven. 11. Okay. Yeah. It, it, yeah. And it was it was such. I've oh, never they have s- chilaquiles. Somebody's telling me in the chat. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I've never so seen good. so many people in this in the in Rancho before. Never in a million years ever seen it. Went the the not Friday, not Saturday, because that's when we did the show. But Sunday, I think yeah. we went dead. Completely dead. Nobody there. Huh. So the first time it took like twenty five minutes to get the food. Yeah, it was crazy. But it was totally worth it. And yeah. then the second time it was like thirty seconds. Yeah. <laughs> But anyway, give it a try. Super good. Pancakes, on point. Yeah. Uh, and then the last feedback. Um, oh, shoot. I lost the person's name. Sorry. You know uh, but this is for, uh, this is actually uh, for the secret show. This is feedback for the secret show. Oh, yes. Yes. Um, yes. So that this is. is I can, that's Nick. Oh, okay. This is from Nick. Uh, Terrence is absolutely correct. Sadly, Tupac is dead. My aunt was head hospital pharmacist at UMC Hospital at the time, including 
his attending critical care pharmacist and handled all of his IVs and such. She was in the room when he passed and saw him get taken to the morgue. Oh, okay. So she was there when he was taken to the morgue and then they took the morgue pictures (laughs) where all of a sudden he's missing tattoos that he's had for years. Okay. How much did your mom get paid to say that? (laughs) Oh, wow. Just wondering because that fool ain't dead. We'll continue that later, I guess. Um, He finishes on on a brighter note. Love your show, gang. No, thank you. And and that's it for feedback. Okay, very good, Taryn. Very good feedback. You yes. did great. You did great reading it. I actually read pretty well this time. <laughs> <laughs> you did. Uh, you, you did all right. Thanks. You did all right. Uh, now it's time for everyone's favorite segment. Taryn's I just thought that I would let you guys know. Oh, that's wow. it for the show. <laughs> Thank you very much. And uh, until next time, we'll show. see you in the park. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, it's on autoplay, and I don't know why that is. Oh, man. <laughs> Sorry, go that ahead. That's okay. That couldn't have come uh, That was time. a little ups- I feel a little upstaged, but that's okay. That's um, right. <laughs> no, so I... Terry, re- if the outro music is better than your bit, we should just move forward. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Good point. Um, no, so I realized recently, I, I guess I didn't realize, but it kind of like hit me the other day that I am really scared of washing my face. Like, I and uh, to clarify, Please, I, yes, clarify, I do it, but I have to use the, the moisture like towelettes to mm-hmm. wash my face. I don't, I can't wash my face in the sink with like soap and water like a normal person because I am terrified that when I, when you close your eyes to do the soapy stuff that when I open it there's going to be someone standing behind me. Yes! Yes, yes, yes. Thank and you. she is correct. By the yes. way, the soapy okay, stuff was... is called washing your face. <laughs> it's called soap. It's called lathering your face. It's called washing. The soapy stuff is... I'm sorry. This is a thi- Is this a thing that you guys share? She, I was yes. really glad. I thought, because I was, that was going to be my question is am I the only one? No. Because okay. it happens so many times in movies where they pan, yes. they 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 go, they pan down uh-huh. the person the person and then you you wipe your eyes and you open them and then there's somebody standing and, behind and you Mike in the Myers mirror. Is like right behind you with an axe. Yes, I completely agree with you. So I I literally don't ever wash my face in the sink. No, I still do anyway. Oh, but, see, I don't. Yeah, I, I cannot remember. I only do it in hotels because I don't want to carry my whole like thing of towelettes with me. But I literally don't ever do that. And to be honest, you're more likely to be killed in the back of a hotel than in your house. <laughs> Especially true. some of the hotels we've stayed at. No, but that's like, that's, I, like, I, my heartbeat raises. Like, I am legitimately, te- like, terrified. And it's also the same taking out the trash. Like, going into the garage and dropping the trash in the, in the bin. Name five movies where people have been killed taking the trash out. I don't know. When I was little, I always thought Freddy Krueger was following me. When I took out the trash. Don't chew ice. Stop <laughs> chewing ice. She also wasn't taking the trash out and Didn't scream. Didn't mean to, sorry. She wasn't taking the trash out and scream, right? Didn't she get oh, the she phone was, call? She was going to... Well, which Well, there's part? like eight scream movies. So. Oh, yeah, that's sorry. why I said scream, because I just figured it happened in at least <laughs> sure, one of them. one of the 12 movies No, I just like always that. thought Freddy Krueger was trying to follow me back. But, but you but weren't really, dreaming. What? But you weren't dreaming. Yeah, but I watched Freddy Krueger when I was like seven, so I didn't know, really understand the movie. So it was just he was everywhere. Terrence. Googling this. 
God bless, Terry. Thank you. So Matt in the chat room said that Terrence thinks is a virus that's catching, and Terrence is the first victim. <laughs> that's true. I think that's true. That's amazing. <laughs> Let's do this. Let's do this. Let's get to everybody's second favorite segment in the entire universe. Join us as we unravel the magic behind some of Disney's most beloved pieces of music. It's Spectro Time. This magic night, a million stars will play beside us, cast a spell of And of course... I have failed to get Jeremy on before this. <laughs> I just this whole thing is crazy, man. I, I well, need, it's because I just, we. I need to figure out the setup better. It's because we just got back and we're like. No, every, it's not that. It's it's. <laughs> I was giving you an out. Yeah, yeah I don't that need was it. no, no. I don't need it. Uh, uh, Jeremy, where's my music? <laughs> it's you missed here. it. Your John, your Johns oh, are here. Man. Where are they? <laughs> I like that music because it's by John Daphne. John Daphne. <laughs> oh, my God. It's John Daphne. What music? <laughs> wow. Even Goofy loves it. What is... Spectrum Magic, dude. What? Isn't this like clip number four that you're supposed to play later or something? No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Gila. I don't know. Whatever. There you go. <laughs> no, John Daphne. John Daphne. I miss hearing that John Devney yelled at me, you know, every five minutes. He spelt. The, the best part was we, I forget now what ride we were on, but you're like, this is John Devney. <laughs> Splash Mountain. <laughs> yeah, I was on Splash Mountain. So, I mean, we might as well just start talking about the hundred. Oh, man. No, now. but the best was when we were on Big Thunder and I just, and you just yelled John Devney the entire time. <laughs> uh, I don't remember that. Was that after, Carthay? like, five Probably. at Carthay? <laughs> yeah, I don't remember. Because that night, rides. not many of you remember. I remember all of it. <laughs> yeah. Stone sober Terran. So, yeah, well, of course, we had Jeremy out for our 100th episode, and that was really cool. And again, man, I really appreciate uh, that you came out there for that. It was the most fun. Like, I've been on, like, a two-week depression since I got back. <laughs> I miss it. We had so much fun. We, we did. did yeah, that was a good time. And uh, God, I don't even know where to begin with the with the the recap. Uh, I loved meeting everybody. I tell you, it got real. Um, it got real real when uh, someone. I think it was Taryn. Maybe it was Bev. They were like, "Oh my God, there's a line." No, and it was like, not me. No, it was maybe it was yeah. Yeah. Um, where if you ever been on the second story of Ralph Brennan, Jazz Kitchen. Um, the the typewriter there, or something, Jeremy. What's <laughs> going on? <laughs> the uh, the courtyard is like it is just it's right through, so you can look down from the second story, and there was a friggin' line, and I'm like, oh, so I found an empty room and paced. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, oh my god, I can't deal with this right now. This is it's, it's way too much, and I've done live shows before, but not my live shows. Yeah, yeah, and it was very very scary, but yeah. uh, everyone was really cool and. Uh, I had a great time. I don't. I don't know. I, I guess that's for me. The 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 recap is that everyone was really cool, and I really appreciated uh, the love that everyone gave to us. Mm-hmm. And um, everyone hung around. I didn't see anyone leave early. Jeremy, did you see anyone leave early? Because 
If no, just Terrence. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, that was one of the funniest things. Was we kind of, like I remember laughing because I'm like. We're all just kind of spread to the winds. Like, I was hanging out with Carrie plus family, and, like, yeah. you guys were he- with other people. And, like, I was just like, this is crazy. Like, we've all just kind of spread out, and everyone just – but it was like – I felt like I had never met anybody there in my entire life, and I felt like I was with people I've known forever. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, you, you, you found some good people to hang out with, man. I like mm-hmm. I like those people. And, uh, yeah, it was cool. So afterwards, we, we, we had a, a meetup. And in my head, I was like, okay, we're, we're going to drive all this stuff back to the hotel, maybe take a nap. Because generally after doing live shows or doing shows in general, I need to just decompress a little bit. I don't need to be, like, locked away in a soundproof room. But just talking and, and oh, how do I say it? Being hyper aware of what I'm saying is not my strong suit when I'm in public. <laughs> So I need to just, (laughs) yeah, I need to just kind of defuse for a little bit. But uh, apparently uh, with, so Terrence and I had to use the, um, uh, The the, thank you, the loading dock in downtown Disney, which is underground. And it's, it's how you get to all those restaurants and all the places in downtown Disney. So in order to do that, we had to go through security. So we had our, our names at security. Terrence and I drove up. And uh, I checked their IDs, and the guy's joking around with us, and he's like, oh, that sounds really cool, what you're doing, or whatever. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. I'm just, we're, and like, already, we're like, oh my God, we're back, we're, we're like behind the scenes, right? Yeah, we're in a we're, parking lot. We're, right? Yeah, we're in a giant parking lot at, at a window to a trailer. Right. right. <laughs> to a, um, what do they call it? Not a trailer, but a it portable. Like a portable. It was we're a portable. Juiced. Yeah, I was like, juiced. wow, this is great. The uh, guy was really nice. And then he gave us these stickers, these labels, essentially, and uh, like three by five labels, and it says like our names and our date and who our contact information is and then it says uh no escort yeah dlr and i was like oh snap yeah <laughs> i think we can legitimately go around to anywhere on the disneyland resort anywhere right right let's try to sneak around then i was like no let's not do that um so i called my friend matt and i was like hey dude because he works there and i was like what is this what does this mean can we he goes yeah you could Yes, you could in theory do that, but why don't I try to find a way to like drive you guys around for a little bit and oh, see? So that's, that's what right. we got to do. Like afterwards, we yeah. like bolted because he was like, "Okay, we got to go because I got family. We got to do this thing. Let's go now." So we got to drive around the backstage of both parks. Yeah, and it was dope. Yeah, it yeah. was really cool, man. We couldn't get off the cart. We couldn't leave. We couldn't do anything that we've always wanted to do. Right. But um, we got to drive around and everyone was staring at us as we went by and I felt like... <laughs> you I felt, felt like, like the biggest baller felt, of your whole life. No, no, opposite. I felt like the biggest faker oh! in the entire world. Like, really? like Invasion of the Body Snatchers, I would be a terrible body snatcher. See, okay. I would be like, oh my god, everybody knows I'm not human. But you know what the thing was? is that We're, <laughs> we're driving around like that and I still have my Main Street Fanny Pack or Fanny Pack on he and did. I was like, I need to take this off because somebody's going to call me out. Like I was expecting for us to be driving, and all of a sudden, see like a team of security guards running yes. behind the cart after us. Right, and we passed security yes. several times, and they were like sideball, like right. side eyeballing us. I know. I was like, some, uh, this isn't going to work. And so I'm like, dude, why is everyone staring at us? And and Matt's like, well, I think they're trying to figure out who you are because this doesn't happen like all the time, but it's you know uh, often enough where you could be a celebrity. I'm like. I- Maybe I am. Oh. I'm like a D-list celebrity. These people don't know. Oh, honey, we're like J-list celebrities. <laughs> <laughs> J for Johns. Um, anyway, it was really cool because we got to see like the 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 band. Jeremy we got to see the band rehearsing and warming up to go out and do their thing. 
Are you kidding me? You didn't tell me that. Yeah, well, that's awesome. Bro. We got to see the um, Wait, the bi- the marching band. Yeah, the marching yes. band. Okay, I'm sorry. I, so we're driving around. We're on the cart, and we're not only seeing the marching band. This was a crazy thing to me, is that we saw like the toy soldiers. We saw the toy soldier, like one of the drummers, and he's in full costume, no head, doesn't have the head on, and do it being very robotic, like practicing his moves and (laughs) intentionally lifting his legs like he's a toy soldier. We saw a hook with no head. You know what I mean? It's like, it was so weird. It's like everybody was like halfway working and halfway just chilling, and we're driving around like, this is insane. It was dope. We saw like uh, there's a bay of windows that were like multicolored and had numbers, and that's where certain cast members go to get certain costumes. So wherever you're working that day, you go to that specific window and do the. I don't know. It was just it was really cool. We got to see the Christmas parade. We had to stop and wait for the Christmas parade to come through and uh, cross our path essentially. So we just got to like we're just hanging out. (laughs) There's a build. I mean, look. Aside from all that other stuff, it was highly boring. Because oh, I'm sure you, yeah, it's oh, awful. Yeah. It was oh, the worst. It really you. was. Oh, thank you very much. I would have much rather been hanging out with you, Terry. Yes. Um, but because it's just buildings and air ducting and whatever. But it's buildings and air ducting that nobody gets to see, right? right. So it was really cool, and and that's where, and then that's why we were late at the at the meetup afterwards. And then I was starving because I'd only eaten like a small breakfast in the morning. So right. It's like five thirty by the time we got out, but it's cool. It's a good time. Good times. Uh, and then we hung out with a bunch of listeners afterwards. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. And um, yeah, I don't know. That was my favorite. That was my, those were my favorite parts, man. Just just hanging out with people. Yeah. Uh, like you said, Jeremy, that you never get to to hang out with. You you feel like, and I'm sure, and, and they've said this before, so I'm not being presumptuous, but they're like, oh, I feel like we we've known you guys because we've listened to you for so long, but you, you kind of feel the same way because I think people who listen to a show like this and people who like Disneyland as much as we all do, um. No, it's just oh, it's like a car. outside. Um, you're friendly people. Yeah. You know, I don't think anyone's like a super jerk and loves Disneyland. That, yeah, absolutely. I mean, except me, maybe. maybe. You but might be on then. the cusp somewhere. You're not a jerk. No, you're everyone was super nice. And, uh, yeah. Cantankerous. <laughs> well, and honestly, like, Tetchy. some of the listeners, one in, in particular, gave me this gift that she got when she was... At her on her first trip to Disneyland is this wow. little tea set with like Alice in Wonderland, and she's like, "Well, this was from this was Carrie, um, and she's like, well, I don't have boy. I mean, I only have boys. I don't have girls, so you know, I don't know what to do with what it." What am I going to do th- with the tea set? Yeah, yeah. And she's like, "I thought that you would like it," and I was like, oh, "Like it brought me to tears." That's so, like, so thoughtful. Oh. I know. I was just I. I mean, I was blown away by just the generosity and just everybody was just incredibly incredibly nice yeah and taking pictures with us like that was the one that threw right? me the most it's like so yep. it's like hey can i take a picture i was like yeah family for you like what do you mean and so but it was really cool because it was i remember us um oh here's gonna cry shut up so I remember us talking about... But is about, he going to weep or sob or whatever? I'm sure. The sobbing is coming, no, I'm I sure. Remember, I remember us talking about doing the show, and we all of us. You know, I know that we were joking and say it was just lonely. Basically. Stop, stop, stop. No. I know we were saying it was Spoiler me. Spoiler alert. Yeah, right? You are 0 for 4 tonight. I know, bro. But I know that we were saying it was mainly you, Jason, that was kind of yeah. not sure if anyone would show up. But I think all yeah. of us had a little bit of that in us. Like, this might be a bust kind of a thing. And then to see so many people excited to be there 
was yeah. it was it was overwhelming. I don't even know how it was overwhelming at points. It was yeah. really neat. Oh, that reminds me. Taryn, I think was saying um so the if you got checked in by the way, you got checked in by the Esser twins. They were our yes. twin reporters yes. from several episodes yes. ago. Uh I forgot to mention that. Uh, but one of them was saying that that some family didn't get bags. And we ended up yeah. having leftover bags, a couple leftover bags. So if that's you, unknown family X, yeah. uh, email one of us and, and we'll mail them to you with the poster and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, posters. Anyway, so what I'm going to do is send out a uh, – go ahead, Jeremy. You had something to say? You know, I, that just reminded me of something. Um, Charlie and family, I think, need an extra thanks because they were amazing. Yes, absolutely. Yes. They were everywhere and doing everything that we – should have been doing, but weren't able to. <laughs> like, yeah, Charlie is an amazing. announcer man, yeah. uh, and then he was there. He ho- he introed us. He did a live intro for us. <laughs> he, you guys can see the video and, yeah. and you hear it. But that's Charlie, and uh, his lovely wife and two lovely daughters um, came and participated and and checked everybody in and made sure that everybody knew there was food and got stuff, all the free things and. Literally um, could not yeah. have they done were it without them. Eight yes. extra hands that yeah. we needed for yeah. sure. And, 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 and Sully and Parker, Ryan yeah. Parker. Parker filled in on the <laughs> like on the fly for their little skits. Yeah, like. yeah. Sean and uh, and Ryan did yeah. the skit beforehand, and uh, and Ryan was always walking around. He's like, "Hey, need me to lift something?" <laughs> oh, dude, that kid's like the nicest kid in the whole world. <laughs> it really is. And I'm going, "No, Ryan. What do you mean? Well, I don't know. I mean, maybe you have things that I need to lift." <laughs> I'm like, "Huh." Uh, just my spirits, bud. I don't know. You're doing great, man. Oh my gosh! When I saw Ryan standing there, and then the two twins, I was like, I like suddenly I was like, oh my god, I have to play matchmaker right now. No, but you oh, can't do that. Stop here. But that was my serious initial thought. As I was like, oh my god, these are two amazing. These are like are three, three amazing, amazing children. Two of which like, are sisters. You can't play. Like ah, I don't know you. which one do you play. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's why I was like, okay, I'm just gonna back away. No, it was <laughs> it was great. It, it was everything was cool, and and you know, I I did a, a blog post kind of thanking all these people and stuff like that too. Um, I wish Lulu and Randall had been there. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, we had a great time. Blah blah blah. Same same same. Um, <laughs> so yes. one thing I did get from. Um, from the hundredth is a couple of listeners came up to me and they were just they were very concerned and they're like um i just want to make sure that jeremy's in on the joke like you guys don't really want to fire him that's true guys it's cool i think he i think he understands you know i actually will (laughs) say so concerned that i did get more than one piece of feedback was like god you guys are kind of hard on jeremy and i'm like yeah everybody no anybody who hasn't seen star wars or nightmare before (laughs) christmas deserves to to or pretty much any pixar movie right yeah but he's seen titanic 12 times well just recently, actually. Bro. I mean, to be honest, Titanic is really good. Yep. No. No. It's no. I, well, it's, it's getting re-released into the theaters next week, so. Why? What? Really? Get I, on board. Oh, see, Get on board. This is why you should live here. <laughs> toot. Toot. <laughs> I just got that. That was pretty good. I like yeah. that. I would, I would go he with you. He wrote it like two weeks ago. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> Um, no, you know, it's nice to know that the listeners have my back. That's really, that's uh, heartwarming. <laughs> yeah, but then I was like, God, were, was I too, were it was me. Harsh? Yeah, I was like, but I'm like, no, it's fine. No, no, no. Any, I subscribe to the theory that any attention is good attention. <laughs> <laughs> Very positive. Um, all right, Jeremy. Well, what, uh, oh, sorry. Should Jeremy one more. be doing this segment? Because I thought he lost the rights. With the, uh, the oh, game at the 100th, right? I mean, that was the other part. Not only did he did not see that? any movies, but he was horrible at his own game. 
<laughs> so so I just uh, I just recently started watch. I'm not quite done with it. I'm like halfway through, but I just got through the portion, the the guessing the sound part, and I just was like, wow. <laughs> Dude, he got beat. Uh, he got beat got down, worked. dude. I'm and, and I'm. I, we I'm, love you, Jeremy. I'm shocked that <laughs> other people knew these things. Oh, that me too. Oh yeah. I, that, felt, I think maybe he was just thrown by the fact that like other people knew stuff. He did, probably didn't have too, as much wine in him as he needs. Well, that, I needed more wine, and uh, Nick. Nick. Jimmy and Dan are like savants. Like, let's get serious. Like, <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's Dan, true. Dan in the chat says spectro tragic. Wow. Oh, no. <laughs> Unreal. Oh. You know, James Gomez says hashtag got spanked and fired. <laughs> wow. This is devolving quickly. We love you, Jeremy. We really do, man. <laughs> yeah. Look, not everyone can be great at a lot of things. <laughs> Wow. I know, but this is like the one thing I claim to be good at. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're also a jock. John Devney. And John Devney. <laughs> yeah, that was great. So we uh, we were like cruising around with uh, Sean and, and Ryan, and we did Splash Mountain, and we're just like cruising through, and I'm just like screaming, John Devney, because I think it's from Carthay. I think we went from Carthay. Oh, <laughs> uh, makes sense. And uh, Or maybe not. I can't remember. No, that was Sunday morning. I think morning, that, so that we were just sober. was happening all the time. So we were just weird. Yeah. <laughs> and then partway through Splash Mountain, this is John Devney! And I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> anyway, we just had a lot of fun, everybody. So uh, thank you very much for coming out. Um, I'm going to look for the uh, Facebook page in a couple weeks uh, because I'm going to put out a survey to every. No, not on Facebook. I'm going to email everybody a survey that went. So if you went, you bought tickets, uh, even if you didn't show up, I'll send you a survey. Um, and then maybe later I'll put another survey out on Facebook to see if people want to do it again. And maybe it won't be at the park. Maybe it'll be at a community theater a mile or two away where... We can charge less because we had to. We had look. We had to charge that much money because we had to pay over a thousand dollars to stay to to have it there, and that was the cheapest place. Yeah. We couldn't do it anywhere else. It was just that was the cheapest place. And look, thank you to Ralph Brennan. Yeah, for sure. I was going to say they, the, yes. the presentation. I thought. I mean, for a thousand dollars, they they. Over. They showed up. Killed oh, it. yeah. No, it was great. Like, it was great. I think they did a great job. No. I, I, it, so, uh, you know, I just want more people to, to come. So we, we maxed out that space. I personally would have appreciated more beignets, though. That that's was my true. fault. I didn't order enough. No, no, it wasn't your fault. Ryan had like 12. Well, that's no, Taryn, I'm fat. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you actually, I didn't even get one. I didn't get one. Either. I didn't eat at all. I was too nervous. I was drinking beers. What am I going to do? Bro, um, yeah. All right, Jeremy, what are we talking about today on Spectre Radio? <laughs> Well, I don't know. I've debated whether or not I should say this, but in my little notes here, I actually have to confess oh, God. to something from the Beat Spectra segment oh. at, that we did at the 100th. So the one answer that I got right, oh dear, oh no, <laughs> which was a track called Doing the Raccoon. Oh yeah, yes. I remember that. Yes. I said that it was Paradise Pier Area Music, and you guys gave it to me. And I was dead wrong. We felt, oh we felt really bad for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It was, we're still going to give it I, to and you. And I'm like, I walked out of there and I'm like, I got to get home. I got to check this. I got to know. I got to, I can't, I don't think it's Paradise Pier. It's Buena Vista Street. Oh. Those were your only three points though. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, just, I know. No, I was the scorekeeper. I don't want an I asterisk next to my loss. But he also, he knows our audience that, that they, they will call him out if he does not call oh, out. Yeah. Absolutely. We'll have to go to the press room. <laughs> I can't believe Dan Shaw hasn't called it out already. 
<laughs> oh man. Well, I appreciate your uh, your candor and your your transparency, my friend. <laughs> okay. Tonight we are going to talk about something that uh well, it's called Fantasmic. Okay. <laughs> Jason, right. what Good. do you think of Fantasmic? I've never seen Fantasmic. Whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, I did see a little you? bit of it while we were walking past to go to Haunted Mansion uh, that weekend for the hundredth because it was it was crowded whenever. So it looked kind of it looked cool. Like I haven't seen it for. There's no reason I haven't seen it. I would just rather ride rides uh, than stand for 25 minutes watching explosions. Hmm. But it looked cool because there's fire. He is judging you right now. That's yeah, all right. I'm just saying. Takes one to know one. <laughs> I'd rather watch Titanic than Star Wars. I know. And so we you know, and look, and we bought too. you Nightmare Before Christmas, <laughs> and you haven't even watched it yet. I've tried to watch it twice. Have and you I keep really? Falling were, were you honest about that? What? I thought you were joking. Okay, I'm let's not get into not it. I'm kidding. Okay. I, I can't get through it. I understand that, though. I mean, I didn't really watch that movie all the way through. I mean, I feel like I started watching it like six or seven times, and I finally like sat down and committed yeah. to watch it, and I was like, oh, okay, this is good. Yeah. I actually did the exact same thing. Yeah. Okay, but anyway, Fantasmic. <laughs> Back in the late 1980s, while Disney's Fantasy in the Sky fireworks continued to be the primary form of nighttime spectacular at Disneyland, it was decided that the river stage on Tom Sawyer Island could be an ideal setting for a new type of nighttime spectacular that would go beyond just fireworks and music. The original concept was titled Imagination. The concept would tell a story of the power of the imagination using the vivid imagination of Disney's own Mickey Mouse. Disney's creative entertainment team had been considering a nighttime river spectacular for the area for many years. After the Disneyland team saw the debut of Epcot's groundbreaking nighttime spectacular Illuminations set on the waters of World Showcase Lagoon in 1998, the idea gained renewed strength. In 1989, Fantasmic show director Barnett Ritchie had been researching entertainment effects technology for a new castle show to celebrate Disneyland's 35th anniversary that would be held the following year. The idea was to integrate mist screens in the castle moat, lasers, and live performers into a castle show. But we now know that the 35th anniversary castle show never happened. Thus leaving the technology available for Richie to incorporate into a new project. The final go-ahead was approved by none other than the then-CEO of Disney, Michael Eisner, to create Fantasmic. With the show approved and the effects researched, Disney looked to the musical talents of Bruce Healy to bring the show to life through music. Bruce Healy had grown up only a few miles from Disneyland and, during his late teens, even performed with the Disneyland band. So we like him. We love yeah. him. He's no but John Devney. Yeah, I was just going to say that. Well, I mean, let's not get too far. <laughs> Healy and show director Barnett Ritchie came up with a heroic theme for Mickey, and that inspired the direction of the show. Healy recalled that the challenge was to reflect all of the different emotions and attitudes in the show, because he couldn't just take a bunch of audio and edit it into, like, existing audio and edit it into one seamless track. So instead... He not only adapted and reorchestrated existing tracks like Night on Bald Mountain and Someday My Prince Will Come, but he also wrote original themes to describe all the various aspects of Mickey's imagination. Take a listen to Healy's original theme for Fantasmic, number one. (laughs) 
was waiting for the drums to kick in. That's Jason's ringtone, so I just felt like he was calling me. <laughs> right? <laughs> and you didn't pick up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's his ringtone? Or no, that's, that's when somebody calls him. When somebody his, calls me. Yeah. So he's never seen it, but he apparently still likes it. Well, because it, it, it specifically, it's the part where it goes and it's like very cheesy early '90s like synth guitar, and I was just walking around, I was like, ah, oh, it's a good song. I got it, so I sh- shazammed it or whatever. Nice. nice. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Well, I like that. <laughs> good. The show the show tells the story of the power of Mickey's imagination and features some 13 tracks from classic Disney films such as Beauty and the Beast, Peter Pan, and more. Take a listen. Number 2. Oh my gosh. Epitome of Disneyland. Yeah, very exciting. Very, you know, full of uh, big crashes and big mm-hmm. sounds, yeah. and uh, you know, combined with the visuals, it's. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's from what I've seen, it's fantastic. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. Yeah. It's fantastic. <laughs> so that's the beginning. It's all well and good. We're in Mickey's imagination, but as usual, things don't stay wonderful for very long. <laughs> Even in Mickey's imagination, those Disney villains insist on showing up to turn Mickey's dreams into a nightmare phantasmic. Number three. Imagine this. (laughs) Not that funny. Obey my every whim. Why not? Fireworks going on, all this kind of stuff. It's yeah. crazy. <laughs> My favorite is um, Ursula in this when she goes, "Why not? Let's do it." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Some of these uh, lines that they write for the performers are just cheesy. It's just, why are we doing this? It's so great. Like she's amazing in the in the Disney World version. Her di- her dialogue's a little bit different, but it's is equally great. Like she goes, "Oh, I'm so happy." <laughs> Like, okay. 
<laughs> like, I just want like, the whole show to be her. Your Ursula is like more Herman Munster than Ursula. <laughs> <laughs> but that's how she sounds. That was really good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, why not? <laughs> 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 with the uh, with the onslaught of these villains, Mickey finally faces his most terrifying foe, Maleficent in dragon form, as he suddenly realizes that this is his dream, and he fights back, heroically defeating Maleficent and proving that nothing is more powerful than the power of the imagination, number four. Like this is like I think the one spectro time maybe that I literally feel like I'm watching it, listening to it. Like it's so yeah. like because I don't stand and watch it usually, I'm just listening. Like I literally feel like I'm there right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I agree. Well, Go that's on. great. I mean, I love to paint a great picture. Thank you. <laughs> you compose music very well. Yes, I wrote all that. Yes. <laughs> The original Disneyland soft opening was scheduled to begin Wednesday, April 29th, 1992. But by late afternoon, rioting began in Los Angeles associated with the not guilty verdict of the Los Angeles police officers involved with the beating of Rodney King. Promotional materials with the slogan, be here when the night ignites, were hastily pulled from circulation and the show went on as scheduled with its official opening taking place a couple weeks later on May 13th, 1992. Good move. <laughs> yeah. So get that out of here because the night ignited for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the Walt Disney World version of Fantasmic debuted in 1998 in its own custom built 10,000 seat arena called the Hollywood Hills Amphitheater at Disney's Hollywood Studios or the Disney MGM Studios, as it was then known. While there are several variations in this version from Disneyland's, perhaps the most notable difference in the Florida version of the show is the replacement of the Peter Pan section with a Pocahontas segment, number five. I hereby claim this land in the name of His Majesty, King James I. better than that weird crowing that peter pan does i'll tell you that what part of that was what part yeah, of that what was, is that about what, 
What part of that was Pocahontas? The whole thing. Yeah, really? The, it's the entirety the, of the segment yeah, that we played. Uh, I didn't recognize it, but I guess it's been a long time since I've seen that. Yeah, it's not a hidden Pocahontas. It's right, it was right there. <laughs> <laughs> At least I didn't lose my own game. Um, wow! <laughs> Come out swinging! Wow. Yikes. I'm just kidding. I love you. <laughs> the secret show is going to be good tonight. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> be amazing! All right, go ahead, Jeremy. Don't don't mind the haters. <laughs> the replacement of Peter Pan with Pocahontas is owing to two reasons. The first was that Michael Eisner specifically requested that this new version of Fantasmic offer some more recent films, but also a more practical reason, and that's because Florida doesn't have a large sailing ship Columbia just hanging out on which to perform the scene. So, um, that's the reason. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Fair enough. On February 5th, 2010, it was announced that a new version of Fantasmic would debut at Tokyo Disney Sea in the spring of 2011 as a replacement for their long-running show, Bravissimo, which was composed by someone named Gavin Greenaway. Never heard of and him. And he... What? Never heard of him. Well, he wrote the music to Illuminations, Reflections of Earth, and Tapestry of Nations, which I did in a, se- yeah. a show about a year ago. I do. So love you him. have heard of him. Mm. <laughs> he's no John Debney. Well, that's true. No, he's no Debney, but he does respond on Twitter. <laughs> Terrence, try to book him. No, I don't. When you, I, when you tweet at him, um, you tweet at him. Yes. He likes it. Unfortunately, the earthquake and tsunami in Japan that occurred in March of 2011 saw the temporary closure of Tokyo Disneyland until April 15th. Fantasmic, however, as it was being staged in Tokyo Disney Sea, wasn't able to debut until Tokyo Disney Sea reopened, which was on April 28th. This iteration of Fantasmic features a new track by Don Harper entitled Imagination, number six. That's uh, <clears throat> that's something. Yeah. Both this new track and Bruce Healy's original reorchestrated score were re-recorded by the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra at the Abbey Road Studio in London. Tokyo Disney Sea, being a park centered around a volcano in waterways, doesn't have a stage area to serve as the venue for Fantasmic. So this version uses several barge units on which to stage the show in the middle of the Mediterranean Harbor waterway. Take a listen to this montage of Tokyo Disney Sea's version of Fantasmic, number seven. My whole no can I 
love Japanese. I love Japanese oh language God, so much. like that one. A Japanese it, genie or I whatever? It was no, weird son. in the beginning. Like the transition was a little It was. Weird. Well, it, was, it was a montage, I think. No, it yeah. was, but the Hawaiian roller coaster ride that doesn't sound Hawaiian at all anymore. <laughs> I wasn't feeling it. <laughs> uh go ahead, Jeremy, please. Well, that takes us to uh the next phase of this because in twenty sixteen Disney announced that several Disneyland attractions would be temporarily shutting down in order to accommodate adjustments to the Rivers of America to make way for the new Star Wars land. The company also announced that when Fantasmic returned, it would be coming back with some new magic. And a lot of that magic was borrowed from Tokyo Disney Sea. <laughs> um, on July 17th, 2017, which is a famous date, it is the 62nd anniversary of Disneyland, Fantasmic made its return to Disneyland. The new soundtrack has been updated and reorchestrated and also includes new scenes from now classic Disney films, The Lion King, Aladdin, and The Little Mermaid, as well as some newer properties like Pirates of the Caribbean, among others. Take a listen to this montage of Disneyland's new version of Fantasmic, number eight, and you'll want to pause if you or fast forward if you haven't seen it yet, like Jason. Oh, <laughs> Time I'm getting real tired of that song. <laughs> Change my ringtone. <laughs> What's he doing here? <laughs> From the first one, yeah, or the original, or whatever. Yeah, there's some. So the um, Peter Pan's gone, and that's a Pirates of the Caribbean scene now. Um, Which I think, and I it prefer. has been reorchestrated. But it, yeah, you you would recognize it. I actually I haven't seen it in person, apart from when we were in line for the Haunted Mansion, and I had had a few drinks, so I don't really remember that much. But <laughs> uh, I watched it on YouTube for this, and it looks pretty good. Nice. But that is not where our story ends. There's a little bit more to talk about when it comes to Phantasmic because there's pre-show music. Oh. And I love pre-show music. I think I like it more than the actual show. Why? Why is that? Well, you're about to hear. Oh. Oh. It, it takes a while to fill up. 10,000 seats at Disney's Hollywood Studios, Hollywood Hills Amphitheater. So leading up to the performance, Disney entertains with some pre-show music to get us in the mood. The set list for the Florida version of Fantasmic is heavily or was heavily sourced from a few albums, but mostly two. One is called Mouse House Dance Mixes, and the other <laughs> is called La Vida Mickey. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, no. This is amazing. 
Wow. I already That's love it. awesome. Did you say number nine? Sorry. Yes, number nine. Okay. together knowing I was going to play those for you. Oh, wow. What? What? Okay. Who so good. was you, right? Who no. produced that? Like who thought that, you know, it'd be great is if we did a genius, the Macarena, but, but for the Tiki Room, yes. like a remix. How does that even work? Genius. La Vida Mickey. That doesn't even Living make sense. La Vida sense. Mickey. That literally does she not make sense. Mickey's she has Mickey on the brain. She's Duh. a doormat. <laughs> Yeah, because the song is about Minnie. <laughs> she's living La Vida Mickey. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah like, she's it's all like she's got a bow oh, yeah. in her hair. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Hmm. All right. So that was I Just Can't Wait to Be King by Denny LaRue. Tiki, tiki, tiki room Macarena dance mix by Highland and Marin and Jelly. And Live in La Vida Loco by Mark. By God, Mark Lennon. By <laughs> God, Mark Lennon. All right. Wow, I loved it. Jeez. <laughs> Someone in the chat is requesting that be played at his funeral. Just on loop. <laughs> All right. Oh. God bless. Mark Lennon. Mark Lennon. <laughs> <laughs> the genius Mark Lennon. <laughs> More recently, uh, so that was, that they played that mix up until about, uh, about a year ago, I think. Um, more recently, that area music loop has been replaced, sadly, with this DJ radio show theme that oh, plays wow. like current pop tracks like Shake It Off by Taylor Swift, Wrecking Ball by Miley Cyrus, oh, and it'll God. occasionally throw in some actual Disney tracks like Love is an Open Door from Frozen. And I'm going to spare you listening to any of that. But um, Terrible. Yeah, and it's like it's like the guys like we're live, fantastic, coming Aww. at you, and then it's like Aww. they call they call that pukers. Those guys, that's like the radio, radio term, guys? the pukers, because oh. they just sound like they're gonna be all right. Welcome to the morning zoo, everybody, and we're here right now <laughs> on the radio <laughs> DJ. <laughs> that's yeah, it's, totally. yeah, they're they're Terrible. they're called pukers. It's it's a puker, yeah. <laughs> but now. We jet over, we're going to go back over to Tokyo Disney Sea for a look at their pre-show music. Ooh, all right. This okay. is where it gets good. This is where it gets inventive, and we separate the like people phoning it in because it's so easy to phone it in and have the stupid DJ playing Taylor Swift. I can hear Taylor Swift anywhere, like on my running playlist. Well, that's true. I don't need to hear it at Fantasmic. I'm literally for VIP seats at a concert. I'm literally <laughs> praying that Celine Dion is in this somewhere since it's Tokyo. <laughs> She's Canadian. I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, shut up. 
But Diz- Tokyo Tokyo goes and they actually curate some obscure and lesser known music. They you know they don't phone it in and they actually th- this music can actually set a mood and it can give the audience a sense of anticipation of what's to come and um, I think that the, that's truly talent is to go out there and find some obscure music that actually f- isn't written for this but fits the setting and makes it better. Yeah, absolutely. So Tokyo Disney Sea searches across the globe and they land. In Greece, oh, and they find oh. my people, Yanni. Oh, oh. Even <laughs> he's like the Greek version of uh, John Oates or Daryl Hall or whatever <laughs> the one. <laughs> Take a listen to the Tokyo Fantasmic pre-show music featuring venerated Greek composer Yanni, number ten. <laughs> and I dare you not to cry. <laughs> oh. Feel thousands of years of benefit to society, right? <laughs> you, like, you feel that? Turn the music back up. I suddenly feel Amazing. the need to purchase his entire collection. Oh, we were just talking about <laughs> Trans-Siberian Orchestra, and this yeah. is just right up that... Love it. Yeah. Love it. See, if they really wanted to go Greek, they, they would do something... Um, oh, they would do something like this. Let me fast forward Sounds a great. Bit. <laughs> it's a keeper. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> from, this, is, this is from Petrolakis Yakis. See, this is Greek music right here. I'm, I'm jamming boring. right Hold now. On a second. Let me get fast forward. <laughs> Good thing you fast forward. <laughs> Look, Greek music sucks. All right, here it is. This is as bad as this is. This is what it is. This is. Have you? You what? actually have this. Like, what instrument is that? It's a clarinet. Oh. Yeah. And to bend that note on clarinet takes a lot of talent. There we go. Epa! Ooh. <laughs> anyway, that's where I would have gone with it, but, you know, teach. <laughs> I'm so glad. Well, but you're not Yanni. Not so that's from the uh, My Big Fat Greek Wedding soundtrack. <laughs> <Yeah>. That's Petrulakas. <laughs> Chakas. Did you just Google your last name and, like. <laughs> <laughs> and then- no. <laughs> <clears throat> oh boy! You want to hear some more? No, okay. no, no! no. no. We're right. good. All right. <laughs> All right. Ten thousand gallons of no. <laughs> <sighs> well, what I just want to say about that those Yanni tracks is that this isn't just like they went and they found some Yanni tracks. Like this is deep cuts Yanni. So 
Yanni got popular in 1993 when he released his Live at the Acropolis album. Mm-hmm. This, these three albums are from like the early to mid 80s. So, like, it's not like they even just found his normal stuff. They like went hard into like <laughs> old stuff. So really? I love that. And those tracks are called Paths on Water and Point of Origin from his Out of Silence album and Running Time from his Nikki Nana album. Wait, and so- that. What? Oh, uh, uh, one God, I didn't realize until just now that he didn't write those for Disney. They just found them already written. And yeah. that's yep. even more interesting. Now I really yeah. do want the collection. Yeah. No. No, don't. Uh, sorry. Uh, uh, go ahead and continue, please. The end. <laughs> very good. Uh, very good, Jeremy. Thank you very much. You did great. That was very informative. No one else seems to think so. I love it. I, I think you did great. I was swallowing my coffee. There were I good moments. There were good moments. <laughs> wow. It had its highs. It had its lows. Right. But. There's no John Debney, but well, yeah. yeah, I mean, the lowest low was you, Jason, with that wow. Greek. Oh, yeah, look, it wasn't the best cut I could play. I'm trying to find something else too to play for you guys. Oh my, but. You, you don't need to, or you could not. <laughs> it's pretty unanimous that we've heard it. Pretty unanimous. No, I said unanimous. Unanimous objects. <laughs> Uh, well, thank you, Jeremy. I think you did great once again, and I will give you a call when we do our secret show. Sounds good. See you in a bit. All right, bud. Bye, bud. Bye, dude. Night. I do. I mean, I do want to find this thing. But oh gosh, it's fine. Uh, Terrence, why don't you take over now and give us the brief history? Let's see how brief it is. Okay. Why are you so low right now? Because I was too far away from. Oh, ah, okay. All right. All right. Thank you. You think me beautiful? Very beautiful within, your highness, but without a key to unlock it. And that is my gift to you. Is that your Michael Jackson impression? It's my Michael Jackson, right? So it's your Hooter impression. (laughs) One of the same just about. In 1984, Michael Eisner, former exec of rival movie studio Paramount Pictures, was installed as the chairman and the CEO of the Walt Disney Company. At the time of his appointment, the Walt Disney Movie Studio is floundering. And Disneyland needs some new life. Now, this was five years before the mega success of The Little Mermaid. So think about it. There's no Star Tours, no Splash Mountain, no Indy. America Sings is still there, and Adventures Through Inner Space is still there as well. You have no DCA, and you have no Downtown Disney. So Disneyland was a lot different than what we experience right now. Okay. So the biggest draw right now at this point in Disneyland is the fact that a year earlier, Fantasyland reopened as new Fantasyland. So Disneyland, for the most part, is still a place for kids. Now, Eisner sees this as a challenge, but he also sees a potential to marry Disney fantasy with MTV popularity. And he sees that potential in working with the most popular performer at the time, Michael Jackson. Now, Michael Jackson was an obvious choice because of his appeal to children, teens. (laughs) Bev, come on. Michael Jackson was an obvious choice because of his marketability to children, teens, and parents. Now, also, um, Michael Eisner's son, Breck, is, is actually Michael Breckenridge. Eisner, which is a... Breckenridge? He went by Breck. His middle name was Breckenridge. It's horrible. 
So he was 14 at the time. He suggested that his dad try to usher in things that would appeal to teens. So his dad brought in a teen dance party. Now, at the same time, Michael Jackson was told by his advisor, uh, record executive David Geffen, that if Disney came calling, he would be wise to say yes. So Michael himself was uh, definitely interested in the artistry of creating a movie. Now, he had made his major motion picture premiere in The Wiz in 1978, way better than Wizard of Oz, um, but he had nothing to do with the actual production of the movie. Um, So Michael truly began to see what it takes to make a movie from concept to reality uh, with the filming of Thriller, which was a 14-minute music video released in 83 that to that date was the most expensive music video ever shot. Wow. Yeah, so Eisner asked Michael Jackson if you'd be interested in starring in a 3D film with lights, lasers, etc. Now, the cherry on top is that the entire production would be overseen by George Lucas. Now, one of Eisner's first projects upon his appointment, uh, his appointing with the company was to bring in Lucas to create a Star Wars-themed ride, and they already knew each other from the Paramount movie Raiders of the Lost Ark, so they had already worked with each other. Now, Lucas was already in the, uh, the developing stage of the ride with the company, so getting him to commit to helping with this new Michael Jackson movie was no problem. Now, Michael asked that if Lucas would be the producer, that he wanted Steven Spielberg to be brought on as a director. Now, Spielberg was busy filming The Color Purple at this point, and he was unavailable. So John, And also, they considered John Landis, who was a, the director for Thriller, as the director for the movie, but he wasn't inv- available. So they, just, they decided to bring in Francis Ford Coppola, the director of many films, mm-hmm. Godfather 1 and 2 being two of them. Now, Francis Ford Co- Coppola was coming off the back-to-back film flops, Rumblefish and Cotton Club. I've never heard of either of these, but both of these lost tons of money. I heard of Rumblefish. I think it was, it was like a, a cult, weird coming-of-age story that okay. no one really watched unless you were in film school. Like I heard a lot about it in film school, and I was like, eh, I don't really care. Well, see, that. and this is the problem, that both of these films flopped. And so when Disney approached him, um, he really needed money, and so he took the job out of that necessity. Now, this is the first time that Lucas and Coppola had worked together since Lucas decided to leave as uh, director of Apocalypse Now to start filming Star Wars. So they had an actor, they had a producer, they had a director secured. So they brought in a four-person team of Imagineers to storyboard the story. And I use quotes because they gave them three days to storyboard this entire thing. They also said, we want you to storyboard it. You have three days, and we want you to come up with a budget based on three days of storyboarding. So Rick Rothschild was tasked with presenting the concepts to Eisner, to Michael Jackson, to George Lucas, and Francis Ford Coppola. Here are the ideas. Idea number one. Michael Jackson goes to Disneyland after hours, and various animatronics come to life. Now, these are this is three days' worth of thinking. So they didn't really have a storyboard. They just had weird concepts. So that was number one. Number two. Michael Jackson plays a young fairy, a la Peter Pan, whose land is attacked by an evil, white, uh, evil ice witch. He would then sing the witch to death to save him and his friends. Everyone loved... Sing the witch to death. You heard me, bro. He would sing the witch... He would basically filibuster the witch. Yes. You would sing the witch to death. All right. Everyone loved this, but here's the problem, is that this sounded more like a fantasy land kind of attraction, and they were already building yeah, the magic... Yeah, cheesy. It's super cheesy, and it would fit in perfectly with fantasy land, but they were already building the Magic Eye Theater in Tomorrowland to house this thing. So what do they do? Let's put it in space and call it Space Nights. Space That's Knights. how they came up with Captain EO. 
<laughs> is by taking this singing someone to death thing and throwing it into space, right? Which I guess is what happens. That's exactly the plot. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. It's exactly what happens. So the basic premise was, was changed to this, and this is literally the sentence that they wrote down when they went back to start coming up with more ideas. Jackson and his space crew would magically transform the ugly people. <laughs> wow. That wow. was the sentence they wrote down. It wow. is all about beauty. Right. And again, that's what happens. That's exactly what happens. Imagine that's your treatment. That's your elevator pitch. That's, that's your two, like They say like two-sentence log line. That's what they call right. it, right? Mm-hmm. Michael Jackson sings and transforms ugly people. That's literally what it was. <laughs> Great. With no storyboard at all. No con- no basic concept. That was their treatment. Here's all the money. Yes. <laughs> and so they came up with, a, from that, they came up with a budget of $10 million. That's at crazy. That point, right? That's crazy to me. Crazy, right. it's, crazy, crazy, it's crazy. It's insane. And so uh, Francis Ford Coppola <laughs> is still thinking about the name. He hates the name Space Knights. Well, yeah. Um, I mean, have is, you heard it? It's terrible. So he... Suggest calling it Captain bad. EO because EOS is the is, means dawn in Greek. So he said, "Let's make it Captain EO, dawn bringing light." Captain EO. Wow. Right. Okay, film school. <laughs> right. Yeah. So there was no spare in hiring cast and crew for the film that they still didn't have a real idea about what was going to happen. So Shelley Duvall, who was recently in The Shining at this time, yeah. uh, she was slated to play the queen, but she balked at the idea of having to apply. All the makeup it took three hours per day to uh, apply all the makeup, as wear as well as uh, wearing the costume. So they picked Angelica Houston, then partner of Jack Nicholson, and she was brought in to play the character. Now, here's a list of people with a ten million dollar budget and no idea what's really going to happen in it. They brought in Jack uh, John Napier, who was a Tony Award winning costume designer for Cats. He was brought in. Rich Baker, who did the the makeup for Thriller, he was brought in. Tom Berman, who's a five-time uh, Emmy Award-winning makeup artist, he was brought in just to do Angelica Houston's makeup. That's the only wow. person's makeup he was doing. Uh, Jeff Hornaday, who was the choreographer for Flashdance, he was brought in. Harrison Ellershaw, who's a visual arts director for Episode 4 and Episode 5, was brought in. And then Lance, uh, Lance Anderson, who's a creature designer for Ghostbusters, was brought in. As well as Jeff Horner was brought in to write the score for the movie. He's ultimately the person that would write the score for Titanic. So you have all of these huge wow. level people being brought in for a movie where the entire movie at this point is Michael Jackson sings <laughs> the ugly people to, to death. Better. Right, to better, to health, right? Is that, sorry, what year was this? This was 84, 5-ish Because, I mean, I, 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 I'm thinking just the name Michael Jackson was enough. Well, yeah, but wouldn't you say, hey, so what is this all about? <laughs> well, Michael's going to sing ugly people back to health. <laughs> It's the weirdest thing it to really me, is. like for people to be on board, like all of these high level people to be on board with this. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, you have well, you have Michael Jackson, you have and Disney. Disney. Yeah, right. It's, right. it's, it's true. You have the dream team essentially right. for that time. That's all you need. I, I, people are probably jumping on. I mean, I, I would have done the same thing. We don't really know what is. That's totally fine. We'll figure that out later. Where do I sign and how, where does the truck back up with my money? Oh, that's would, actually a good yeah, point. No, that's I a would, good horse to a good <laughs> horse to hit your wagon. To. Where would I? Where do I sign? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay, so uh, filming took place. Sorry, filming took place over a three-week period, starting in the summer of '85. And during this time, George Lucas, who was the first person on board, the person who was supposed to be the backbone of this whole thing, was barely ever there. <laughs> George was busy, not with the development of Star Tours, which was already over budget 
and way, way past the deadline. But he was busy filming one of the greatest masterpieces of our time, Howard the Duck. Yes! (laughs) Priorities. So he was rarely there. So Francis Ford Coppola was taking on all of these duties. Eisner would pop in occasionally, but literally all of this fell on on F, on FF Francis Ford Coppola, right? So um, 3D also at this time was more closely associated with like horror movies of the 50s. And most people working on this film, including Coppola, had no experience at all with 3D. So when they're filming it, they say, okay, we're going to start off with 40 scheduled, you know, effects shots things where the 3d is really going to pop and it ballooned up to 140 wow with no one on the set having any experience (laughs) with 3d at all so they film the whole thing in three weeks they take it for editing and they're like oh this is horrible (laughs) there's areas where the 3d doesn't fit at all there's areas where the audio is out of sync so they took the three week of filming (laughs) and it took another team six months to correct all of the problems that they have and when you watch the finished film there's still areas that they couldn't fix there's still areas they couldn't fix the other issue the other issue they had yeah was that the doorbell I'm sorry. The other issue that they had was the fact that um, Michael tended to thrust his um, crotchular region yes. a lot. <laughs> he was thrusting it and grabbing it a lot, and he incorporated it into almost every dance sequence. And so they're zooming in when they can, and they realize because of how much he's doing it, we're just going to have a tight shot of his head, basically the oh. whole movie. And so there's times where like, they had to add in effects sounds to go along with what he's doing because <laughs> they had to make it seem as though they always wanted it to be in the movie. Right. Oh, right. Right. So it, it was that, that was another thing. The other thing they had was the fact that they rushed the filming so much that props went missing. So there was one point where uh, Major Domo, where he's transforming, where they couldn't find the head for the prop. And so they had to take like the, <laughs> the ball float valve from a toilet and turn it upside down and spray paint it what? as a stand-in for the head for Major Domo. What? Oh, my gosh. Yes. That's crazy. Right? The other problem they have is that you have a movie about a really scary queen that's like spider-esque yeah. that's coming down and she's talking and this this captain of the ship is supposed to be really intimidating and then you have michael jackson's voice hi guys how's it going literally that was a problem and so they were like okay so what are we going to do and they're like okay and 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 post will just we'll 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 dub over it, or we'll we'll do something, or we'll slow it down a little bit so it'll bring down the pitch. You're like, but we have to talk to Michael about it. And yeah. who in the world is going to tell Michael Jackson, "I'm sorry, but your voice is too high." Right yeah. at this point in life, no one would ever say that, right? No. So they're like, okay, we'll just leave it in. So when you, well, you can't watch it today unless you get like a bootleg or you find out a really bad one on YouTube. It doesn't make any sense for this little. <laughs> it sounds like a little kid standing up to a big square, a big scary queen. So. So they maybe a, it makes too much sense. No, maybe it makes maybe it makes more sense than you think. No, it makes no sense. <laughs> no, it doesn't at all. <laughs> so, um, so when they were finished with with fixing those parts, um, Francis Ford Coppola and Lucas felt that it was better to give the finished film to um, ILM Industrial Light and Magic to do all the special effects and everything instead of giving it to Imagineering. Imagineering was livid. You know, they're already oh, upset that there were people coming in from the outside doing this thing, and now they're taking it away. 
but the Imagineers were charging so much hourly that it made no sense to give it to them. So they gave it gave it to ILM. ILM did all all of it. Uh, the filming was complete. It's a 17 minute long film. It cost 27 million dollars to make. Wow. Whoa. For a 17 that's 1.4 million dollars per minute. Wow. Insane. At that time, most expensive short film ever made. Wow. So the release was planned for spring of 86. It was pushed back because of delays to the film, you know, Magic Eye Theater, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but it was finally released on September 13th, 86 in Epcot and released five days later in Disneyland. Uh, there were there were stars everywhere. There, there was actually a caravan of stars, except really strangely enough, Molly Ringwald wouldn't get in a car and drive down Main Street and wave to fans at the time. She mm-hmm. refused to do that. She just walked to the theater for some reason. Really? But it was really strange, and they mm. never explained why she did it, but she was adamant that she wasn't going to do it. So there were so many celebrities there, but there was one celebrity that was missing, and that was Michael Jackson. Aww. Now, at the time, Michael Jackson was known to visit both Disneyland and Disney World, sometimes in costume, out of costume. There was a rumor that he owned a 14th floor of one of the hotels there by Disney World at the time. Yeah. So it wasn't like he wasn't adverse to going to parks. But the problem was earlier in the week of the the when the movie came out, there was a publicity photo that he put out of himself uh, sleeping in a hyperbaric chamber, and there was a lot of backlash before because of it. You know, they're saying that he was there was something wrong with him, and so I think he was embarrassed, and that's probably why he didn't show up. So um, the the movie did well. There were a couple of of people who wrote articles and saying I think the best one I think it was from the L.A. Times. They said it was a lot like. Um, the uh, Easter Bunny, um, Easter Bunny, Easter candy, where it looks really good, and then when you bite into it, it's completely hollow. They said that was basically what the what the okay. movie was like. Right? All right, that makes um, sense. But they took polls, um, and they said ninety three percent of park visitors said the reason that they came to the park that weekend was simply to watch that movie. And so Eisner made an estimate that in the first weekend it brought in about two million dollars worth of revenue because of the ticket sales based solely on going to the movie. Right. Wow. So, so the, then it did what it was meant to do. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then some. And right. then some. So the film ran from 86 to 97. Uh, but the major problem was that the the theater was really small. It was about 500, between 500 and 700 seats. Um, and so it took a lot of time to turn over audiences. And there was no repeatability. If you've seen it once... There's really no need to go yeah. back. Well, let's not go too far out of, out of control. I saw it five times in one trip once. Yeah. Are you serious? Yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, I that's right. I, f- I keep forgetting Terrence never went with us. Oh, yeah. There you... were a few times like when Blobber was in town where F- we would- That was the five That times. was the last time we would- That was the last ride in the park. Okay. And we would close that down. Okay. We closed that theater down. I okay. have pictures of me and Abby- with our, she's a baby, but mm-hmm. we both have our little Captain Neo glasses on. <laughs> nice, waiting in line. Yeah, it's great. It's it's good. It has great repeatability. Yeah, me? No, times no, but for mo- sure. that's what most people would say is that it didn't oh, have right. repeatability. Right. Right. They well, most people go. are wrong. Most, they're wrong. <laughs> most people are wrong. <laughs> uh, so um, the lines were pretty low, even on busy days. And so in May 1998, uh, the former Magic Eye, oh, the Magic Eye Theater on the West Coast became the home to Honey. I shrunk the audience, which it already re- shrunk the audience. I shrunk the audience. It's horrible. So, yeah. Um, so at one time, you could see Captain Neo in uh, California, Florida, Japan, and France. Um, and the last place to get rid of it was the uh, sin- the uh, basically Paris. I was trying to re- re- pronounce it, but Paris. They got rid of it in late '98. Um, and so for more than ten years, Captain Neo was just a memory. 
And then on June 25th, 2009, at the age of 50, Michael Jackson passed away. Mm. Now, in the years leading up to his death, as we all know, uh, Jackson was... Um, there was controversy surrounding him. Yeah, there was him. controversy because of what he did in public, like hanging his kid over a balcony and dancing on a, He's a, weird on a limo outside of a courthouse and what he, he possibly did in private and all that, right? And so, But after his death, his music became really popular again. So... Disneyland wasn't very happy with what was happening with Honey, I Shrunk the Audience. It was terrible. Weird. It was weird, <laughs> and it was terrible. But they had incorporated a lot of new effects. That's a, th- that was a thing that had no repeatability for me personally. Well, you know, like it, you've seen it once, you're like, okay. I mean, it's just kind of like the movie. The movie was like, I get it, and it's cool, and it was a right. cute movie. It was really well done, right? But you watch it a second time, you're like, uh, right. and also, okay. Think about it when they put it in. It was like nine or ten years after the movie was originally released. And so most people either had never seen it or, like you said, only uh, only seen it once. And so it wasn't... Well, yeah, the only cool part about them replacing that, the only cool part about the Honey, I Shrink the People or whatever, was that they did the blow thing, like under your feet. Right. That was the only cool part, is like right. there was a little bit more interaction. Right, and, see, uh, and we'll, get to, we'll get to that right now, because that was one of the things. Disney was looking at it, and they're like, well... We're looking at Captain EO. They shut down the theater for a while, and they said it was to let um, Michael's kids watch Captain EO because they had never seen it before. But they're also trying to think of what the feasibility was of introducing it back into the park because hmm. a lot of times, you know, you can be someone who's just mired in, in um, controversy d- during your life, but a lot of times when you die, it's all forgiven, kind of a thing, right? Yeah. And so they're saying this: we can bring it back. It's something that people want to see. People are really sometimes, some <laughs> sometimes death forgives it. And so um, they decided we're going to bring it back. So on uh, December 18, 2009, the official Disney Parks blog announced that we're excited to confirm that the classic classic musical spectacular that thrilled Disneyland Park guests from 86 to 97 will return an exclusive limited engagement at Disneyland Parks beginning in February 2010. So it reopened in February 23, 2010. Um, it was the same movie. But they didn't bring back any of the old effects that were ripped out when they put in Honey, they shrunk, Honey I Shrunk the Audience. Um, they just incorporated the ones from there, one of which is that the floor could actually move up and down. And so uh, when you're crash landing in the movie with Captain EO, the floor and the seats would move as well. Hmm. Uh, so they brought it back in. People loved it. Um, but then on June twenty second, 2014, for the last time... It left the parks. They said they will never come back again. Uh, now the theater is used. I don't know to- why they say that. Like it's never going to come back again. Like why? 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 Stomp on everyone's hopes. No, I don't know. Because like, I, I think that the further you get away from his death and everything, I mean, music's changing. Listen to what people listen. Yeah, to but now. when are I they going to learn that like people like vintage? Everybody likes vintage. Yeah, stuff. I mean, eventually it'll come back. I'm sure. And why do they say that? Probably to get you to go and to get buzz. I mean, it's all about it's well, all about getting buzz and generating articles about people saying, "Oh, it's the last time you got to like go." And the rest. electric That's light parade was never going to come back. Right. That's right. true. That's and true. then they can say, "Well, like you know, oh, it's coming back, and this is the new, you know, the updated version or something." Right. Right. So, so they're not lying. <laughs> So um, now I don't know what it is. Doesn't mean I'm not lying. I'm not. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't mean I'm lying. <laughs> or 
Or we changed one minute thing that you will never notice. Yeah. So that version it's never brand came new. back. Gave them a new nose. So um, <laughs> they now <laughs> they now use a theater for Marvel and Pixar movie Boo. premieres and stuff like that. Now there Such are two. A waste. It, it really is. There were two songs in the in the movie, uh, "Here to Change the World" and "Another Part of Me," uh, which were phenomenal. Now uh, "Another Part of Me" was actually released on the Bad album, which. Um, Went diamond. I didn't know it. it sold ten million copies. Wow! All right, compared to like literally thirty three million for Thriller, but still not bad at all. Um, Here to Change the World was finally released in two thousand and four on the Michael Jackson Ultimate box set, and that's it. That's very nice. good. Wow. One of my favorite things. That this just made me miss it so much. This this whole segment just made me miss it. So yeah, way much to more. go, Terrence. Yeah, thank you. Thanks a lot. I actually got <laughs> to watch it when I was doing this. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, how long is your window, Bev? It's you um, can't boot her again. <laughs> no, oh, I can do whatever I want. It's about two minutes long. Okay, perfect, good yeah. because we're already. An hour and a half in, and I have some news I got to get no, to. No, it's, so. it's a cool window. I want to okay, do it. Go for um, it. We're talking about Kenneth B. Anderson. Kenneth um, B. Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kenneth B. Anderson. He, he uh, studied architecture at the University of Washington. He graduated in 1934. Uh, shortly after graduating, he was driving past Walt Disney Studios when, randomly, he decided to pull over and apply for a job. Oh. Like, just nice. off the cuff. Like, hey, cool. That looks like a cool place to work. I'm going to go try that. <laughs> Um, and he was hired. Uh, while working for Disney, he, he went to school. Did I say he went to school for architecture? Yes, I did. Uh, while he was working at Disney, his skills as an architect, artist, animator, storyteller, and designer were all put to use. So he had a lot of talent. Like, way more than just my first line of him being an architect. He had, like, <laughs> all the skills. <laughs> um, my uh, Walt heavily relied on him while creating Disneyland. Um, and his drawing and design work heavily contributed to excuse me Peter Pan's flight Mr. Toad's wild ride and storybook land he was a key player in uh, some of the studio's most well-known animated films Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs and um, Dopey's moving ears are actually sort of modeled after his own ability to move his ears oh yeah (laughs) interesting 101 Dalmatians the Jungle Book Uh, Shere Khan is actually a uh, a character created by him wow as well as the dragon in Dragon Elliot in Peach Dragon okay um, he was with the company f- uh, for 44 years. He retired in 1978. He continued to work <clears throat> after he retired. He continued to work with Disney on special projects. Um, and <laughs> Terrence told me to include this line, including the proposed Equatorial African Pavilion for the <clears throat> Epcot Center, which he developed in collaboration with author Alex Haley, author of Roots. <laughs> Equatorial <laughs> Africa. Wow. Yeah. Imagine going Crazy. to the Equatorial Africa Pavilion. <laughs> yeah. Is it going to be just as hot as it would be in Africa? <laughs> yes. Insane. Um, in 1991, he won the Disney Legend Award for Animation and Engineering, and he passed away in 1993. And uh, the reason I thought this was a cool window is because, in addition to that little, oh, by the way, his window is above the Market House, which I think is a Starbucks now. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it says, Ken Anderson Bake Co. Okay. Uh, but what I thought was cool... Go back to it. There, I have all these little sections of the different things he worked on yeah, um, and the different sort of hats he wore. So, for yeah. example, as a writer, he worked on Melody Time, So Dear to My Heart, Cinderella, Winnie the Pooh, The Jungle Book, The, Aristocrat- the Aristocats, Bedknobs wow. and Broomsticks, Robin Hood, Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh, The Rescuers, uh, as an art director, Snow White, uh, 
Song of the South. I mean, Wikipedia, this guy. Like, he did crazy things. As an animator, um, Three Orphan Kittens, never heard of it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll Peter put Pan, that in the Lady in the Tramp, <laughs> uh, Pete's Dragon, um, and then in the art department, The Three Caballeros. Oh, uh, yeah. Yes. I won't hold that against him. <laughs> Again, Peach Dragon. But, but it had good art direction. I it, was, it, it looked like a good movie. Sleeping Beauty, 101 Dalmatians, you get the point. But like yeah. he did everything. so many things. He was in he, everything. He was in everything. He, yeah. Like, Which is how good he is. I've never heard of him. Right. But he, it just shows to show. show. Wow. It just shows to show. Does. Just, <laughs> words are hard. Words are tough, um, it just goes to show that there are a lot of people who did a lot of things that you just don't know about. That's yeah. true. And I really awesome. enjoyed learning about him. Good. It's cool. My report for what I did on my summer vacation. <laughs> by Beverly Moore. By Beverly Michelle Moore. This is the time I'm about to tell you about what I did on my summer vacation. How many words am I in so far? I double spaced. Is that okay? <laughs> the words, not the lines. Why are you not playing? Why are you not playing? Broken. Uh-huh. She broke. <clears throat> no. March in the past, there we go. present, and future with all the news that's fit My to bad. cover. It's the Ears Up Disney News. I didn't know we had news today. I didn't I? Oh, yeah. No, we have news, bro. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Let's start with this very exciting story. People really hate the Frozen short playing before Pixar's new film, Coco. <laughs> okay, so it's Coco. It's and also, Coco. <laughs> Terrible! It is terrible. You've seen it? I saw Coco um, at one of the local theaters with the recliner. It was really nice, oh, and nice. I was super juiced. And I didn't know this movie was playing first, so I'm sitting That's back. That's the problem. Well, I know. So I'm sitting back. I have my tachos, my tater tot nachos. I'm ready to what? go. Are those mainstream from the theater? Now? From the theater, from Brendan and Conquer, dude. They're super good. Yeah, I'm claiming those. I talked about tachos ten years ago, <laughs> and it's been out on the internet. That's my thing. I'm claiming that. You better not go too hard. Make sure no one came um, out with an eleven years. Brendan ago. Theater. <laughs> <laughs> But no, so I'm super juiced about it, right? I got my tachos, I got my beer, I'm ready to go, and this comes on, and I'm like, okay, a couple minutes, whatever, that's what I'm expecting. 22 minutes later, what? I'm looking at Becca, and I'm like, that is the yeah. worst thing I've ever seen. So here, here's the article. Seeing the newest offering from Pixar has been a treat since Toy Story, the studio's first full-length feature film, hit the theaters in 1995, more than two decades ago, and there's almost always been a bonus cherry on top, a short animated film that played before the feature and often contained some of the funniest, freshest, and sometimes the most poignant storytelling of the year, giving space for Pixar's animators to experiment. Some shorts are better than others, but they were never dull. Uh, the latest Pixar film, Coco, earned rave reviews from audience over the long Thanksgiving holiday weekend with an A-plus cinema score huh, and a box office haul that topped Justice League critics liked it too. Uh, but apparently this uh, author on Vox, uh, when he asked about it on Twitter... Audiences appeared nearly united in one overwhelming negative, overwhelmingly negative opinion that Olaf's frozen adventure, the 21-minute short, quote-unquote, that plays before Kako, totally stinks. Uh, this is <laughs> so, and then there's just a bunch of like Twitter screen grabs, and this one's pretty good. This person says, "Didn't hate it, but was supremely annoyed." My mom and I looked at each other with a really expression several times. <laughs> Halfway through, she even asked, "How long does this last?" We just <laughs> wanted to see Kako. Uh, this other person says, "Tonight, a friend could not stop talking about how much he hated it. He wants me to see it so I can hate it too." 
I kind of want to watch it so I can hate it. Uh, this person says, Unspe- unspeakably dreadful. The songs were sludge, the plot idiotic. It made me loathe commercialized Christmas, a holiday I enjoyed as a child with a dark and molten rage. Wow. Jeez. A whole lot of people were angry that the short was so long. Um, I don't know what this is. Uh, wait, we can talk about that Frozen intro, though. That uh, Whatever. Is, um, what? is it all about Olaf? Yeah, so, Olaf's wait, Frozen Adventure. Oh. Wait, can I can I give it away? Spoiler alert. Sure. Okay, so I don't think anybody was going to be mad. <laughs> so the whole the whole point of the short was that um, they were talking to people about what their Christmas traditions are, and then um, Anna and Elsa realized that they don't have any Christmas traditions because they were separated for so long, right? Okay. So so now Olaf and Sven, which is a reindeer, yeah, Sven, sure, are going from house to house. And doing this really terrible song uh, with people telling them what their traditions are. And so then they lose everything. And so then at the end, they find out that Olaf is their tradition. Because every year at Christmas time, one of them would draw a picture of Olaf and put it on their per- the other person's uh, door. And that's the whole thing. Now, five minutes. Okay. 21 yeah. minutes of this with like four or five different songs in there. It was real bad. This person says, the frozen short before Kako unforgivably stretches the definition of short. I'm never going to (laughs) stop. I also feel like Olaf is sort of like the, well, he's animated too, but like the drawing animated version of Jar 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 Binks. Binks. Yes, exactly. Yeah. He's annoying. He's super, I don't really like the guy who voices No, he's terrible. Josh Gad. Oh God, I I can't stand Josh Gad. I didn't want to drop names and be a jerk, but no, I cannot stand. He doesn't listen. I know that, but other people like him. We have feedback from Josh Gad. (laughs) (laughs) Saying you guys are right. (laughs) I'm going to find a tall bill. Um, This person says, someone in our audience involuntarily exclaimed, oh my God, (laughs) when Elsa started to sing again and it was the hardest I've laughed at the theater in 2017. Um, it was at least twice as long as anyone in my theater wanted. Did they make it as a TV special? And then someone said, eh, just put it in front of Coco. <laughs> but apparently that's actually what happened. It was uh, originally planned as a 21-minute holiday television special to play on ABC. The short is a sequel to both Frozen and the Frozen Fever short, which played with Cinderella in 2015. In Olaf's Frozen Adventure, the inhabitants of Frozen Universe have, ov- have to overcome Having no holiday traditions, yes, like Terrence just said. Um, apparently, it wasn't shown to critics in advance press screenings Whoops. of Coco either. Shocker. Accidental, I guess. One can imagine a few reasons why, but the most obvious answer is that, may, is that making critics sit through a 21-minute holiday special in the Frozen universe might dampen the Coco reviews more than a little. Um, Coco was great, though. That was great, I heard it's amazing. I heard it's movie. really, really good. And for once, they're like the 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 people who are culturally represented in the yeah. film really enjoy it. Oh yeah, like they think it's they like nailed accurate. the Day of the Dead. Yeah, this is actually the weirdest thing I noticed about that this movie. And I I leaned over to Becca and told her this. I'm like, I'm watching the people playing guitar in the movie. Yeah, and the cordings of the guitar, like the cordings are actually correct. Like it was, I've never seen that's that in good. a movie before, that's like a, even live action before. I've never seen that before. It was really neat. Uh, meanwhile, apparently in some theaters in Mexico, where Coco is set, they have just stopped playing Olaf's Frozen Adventure altogether after complaints. Uh, someone says, in Mexico, people complained a lot about it, so they eventually stopped showing the short. But we still have it here. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Keep complaining. <laughs> uh, so there you go. There's that. And here's, uh, you know, something uh, definitely similar. 
why Disney is being sued over Frozen again. Hi. This is another lawsuit. Um, specifically, Disney's being sued over the iconic song Let It Go. Spanish pop singer Jamie Sierro uh, is suing because he claims the song was based on his own 2008 song Volar. His suit names Disney, of course, but also Adele Dazeem, who sang Let It Go in the movie. And no, it's Adina Menzel, but Adele Dazeem. No, no, it's just fine. Thank you very much. Uh, who sang Let It Go in the movie. And even Selena Gomez, who sang the radio version of the tune. According to the legal filing, he's like suing everybody who ever touched that song. Okay. 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 Uh, according to the legal... <laughs> According to the, why did I cough in the microphone? I apologize. According to the legal filing, Jamie Sierra claims the two songs share note combinations, structures, hooks, melodies, lyrics, themes, production, and textures, which sounds like about every possible element you can name in a song. He's seeking a share of the profits as compensation, but not just the profits of the film, but also the music, the marketing, and more. Wow. Yeah, uh, he he claims it, uh, his hit song Volar was a massive hit in 2008 that received global airplay and ended up on numerous music charts. That part of the argument is important because simply proving that the two songs are similar is far from what's necessary to win a lawsuit like this one. Um, blah, blah, blah. I'm trying to find... Do you have a copy of the song? Uh, I'm looking for it. I'm looking for it. Where? I thought, I thought this um, had it. His suit name's Disney... What? That's a stupid. Why would you take me to that? Here we go. We'll just do this. Volar. Um, <laughs> there we go. Jamie Sierra. I feel like if it comes and uh, comes up at autofill and Google, it's a legitimate thing. Yes. Yeah. All right. So here's it. Oh, and then let me look up. Uh, let it go. Which, uh, sorry, guys. We Beth, all can you know that for us. No. Uh, but let it go. Do the Selena Gomez prefer- performed "Let It Go" live at Disneyland's 60th anniversary, but the radio version was by Demi Lovato. Yeah. Wow, you're you you have too much time on your hands. I know that, <laughs> and you're welcome. This is Volar, everybody. Boring. Let's go. No controlaba casi nada, nada en mí. Era rumita la ansiedad. No le apuntaba nunca lo que iba a decir. Can you say that? Todo salía mal. Me levantaba a veces sin querer vivir. Can't understand what he's saying. <laughs> the comments on this the cor- are, the, are hilarious. The are very similar. No. It's not. It's not just the key, though. It's like the whole. It's thing. the changes and stuff, right? But no, I would venture to say no on this one. The reason I say it is like the whole um, uh, Sam Smith um, "Stay with Me" versus Tom Petty "Won't Back Down" kind of a thing, where it was really, really, really similar with that. There's songs that always are going to sound similar. Yeah, but, no the, on that but one. the the volar, like let it go, like there's, uh, come on.
And then the build-up, like the slow to the fast. Yeah, I know, but the the first song was all in major, and this one is from minor to a, a major. So I wouldn't. Yeah, but but what do you do? You hear that song, go, hey, that's really catchy. Let's just change it up a little bit to make it a darker feel, and then there you go. Is there a version of that guy singing his song to this? Uh... Let me see. The Voilar Let It Go mashup. Someone always inevitably does that stuff. All right, first of all, sorry. And also, Jeremy completely agrees with me. Well, Jeremy, <laughs> it was just in band, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> Here we go. Volvolar, Vol- let it go. Let's see if this person did me. <laughs> Here we go. Yes. No, that's somebody else singing yeah. those words to this chorus. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why did that happen to me? Why did that happen to us? Why did that happen? It's the Catalan version? There, All these are Catalan version. I don't know what that means. I just want... Uh, Demi Lovato is being sued as well, by the way. Because of that? Mm-hmm. A singer named Jamie Sierra. Stop. Okay, whatever. No, there's not, Terrence. So there you go. Okay. But uh, hey, I hope uh, he wins a bunch of money. He won't. Okay. He won't, but okay. Speaking of a bunch of money, Disney announces a new theme park in Tokyo. Didn't I just build one? Uh, Nearly 35 years ago, Disney expanded its international reach with Tokyo Disneyland, later adding Tokyo Disney Sea in 2001 as a second theme park in Japan. Now, Disney and its partners in the Oriental Land Company have revealed plans for an all-new Japanese theme park that will shift the focus to its host country with new characters and attractions. The reporting is that the company is going to invest $2.7 billion in the new park, which will be focused on, this is very important for everybody to pay attention to, the culture of Japan and targeted to tourists visiting the country. Hello, DCA. Exactly. It makes a lot of sense. That it you, doesn't make sense. No, it makes a lot of sense. If, you're going, if you're going to the country... How, how no, many just, times... Just let no. me finish. Just let me finish. Okay, let go ahead, finish. please. Yes. If you're going no, to the, how many times... <laughs> no, go ahead. If you if you're going to the country, of course you want to see stuff that you can see everywhere else in the country inside of this little park. I was being sarcastic. It was the same thing like what DCA did, yeah. where they had like a miniature Palace of the Fine Arts. Like it yeah, is this the is same. Here's where Taryn is going to be wrong. Go it ahead, is Taryn. the same, but I think it's going to work better in Japan because I think that. Well, Why? see, I don't know. I don't think it will. I think it, I think they're going to have to invest all the money that they did. Here's why I think here's why I think Taryn is actually sort of right because number one, the Japanese culture is obviously what's going on. No, go for it. You guys are like look. just a pet. It's fine. Okay. Um, it, the Japanese culture is obviously deeper than the culture in California, if we can call it culture, right? Mm-hmm. But our history. Nothing really exciting happens here till about like the eighteen, like the gold rush, right? Like you know, what I mean, uh, you know, right. look, maybe we took some land, maybe it was sold. It doesn't matter. But the gold rush, um, but the Japanese culture has such a huge thing. And if you travel to Japan, it's probably going to be hard to see all that stuff. 
versus here it was like what do we do with the thing i mean they're still retooling dca they still don't know what to do with that's it that's true and, right. it, and so it might actually work out better there but it still makes no sense if you, why i don't understand how you're going to water cuz you know it's going to be watered, watered down, down. Yeah, for sure. how are you going to water down a culture like that and um, I don't know what it's going to samurai ride. I mean, you know, where if like you get two versions, you commit seppuku and the other one you have to like cut the guy's head off afterward. Like what is going on? I don't know. And I, I think that you can't build a theme park, in my opinion, you can't build it simply around tourism. You're going to have a lot of locals that want to go and will locals be. That was one of the biggest problems with DCA is that yeah. you had a lot of people from California going to DCA and they're like, yeah, I've seen the real version of this. And it doesn't interest me at all. No, it all depends on, yeah. on who's visiting that park. Right. And I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is either, but it's like that whole the Pacific Wharf thing that's supposed to be Monterey. doesn't look anything like all. Monterey. It looks nothing it like Monterey. Yeah, yeah. and oh. that's the point. Wow, exactly. Like the Canary Row I'm kind of Monterey. I suck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it, it's it it doesn't. I mean, first of all, Monterey is touristy and overpriced, yeah. and it's beautiful. But yeah. it, you don't need to go there. You go there once, and you're like, okay, they have a cool aquarium. That's about yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> and it doesn't. Yeah, it really doesn't look like that at all. And that's what I'm saying. It's, it's weird to me that they're building this entire park, and they literally say around tourism. Yeah. It's so strange to me. It doesn't seem like that's sustainable. Apparently, um, let's see. They're expanding uh, Tokyo Disney by 30% with this new park uh, to help deal with rising visitor numbers, including an influx of overseas tourists. Tokyo Disneyland and the adjacent Disney Sea attracted a combined total of more than 30 million people last year. Making it the busiest theme park in the Asia Pacific region, line for rides at the resort have always been notoriously long, exacerbated by the recent growth in visitors. So apparently, they're just having like a giant problem trying to fit everybody in that park. Overseas visitors made up just one point three percent of customers in two thousand eleven, but that jumped to eight point five percent last year. So, but I guess look, if you're going to Japan, if you're going to visit Japan, and the only experience (laughs) in the Japanese culture is through the lens of Disney, you should never be allowed to tour. (laughs) Like that is is insane. If you spend more time at the Disneyland park than like touring all the things, like I I don't know. Yeah, it's true. Um, Yeah, that's uh, it's probably a big mistake. We've learned nothing from DCA, but that's okay. Um, This I think is actually happening tonight. Uh, and I don't know what time it is uh, happening, but uh, I think it's kind of... Oh, no, it's already over. Uh, <clears throat> but you know what? Hey, look, it's fun. Disneyland to stream Believe in Holiday Magic. Fireworks show. It's already happened tonight. Uh, but they're starting to do a lot more of that streaming stuff. They're streaming parades. They're streaming fireworks and stuff like that. So stay tuned to the Disney blog whenever you guys want to uh, get a feel for that. That's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is the last piece of news, and then we will get out of here. Um, Disneyland stops selling its Southern California annual pass, but it may come back someday. Oh, okay. What is this, three years ago? <laughs> right. Exactly. Beginning on Monday, the theme park stopped selling the new passes for residents of Southern California, which were priced at four sixty nine each, which is not that much of a deal. And it was like... Anyway, uh, Disneyland spokeswoman Susie Brown said exiting existing pass holders can get their passes renewed, but no new passes will be sold for an undetermined 
time. Forever. Our, our annual passes are very popular with guests, Brown said. We continuously seek the appropriate balance that helps manage demand for our product and yet allows us to deliver a world-class experience for all guests. <laughs> this isn't the first time, of course, um, blah, blah, blah. At the time, the SoCal Pass was suspended last time. It was 359 Oh. 359 uh, When the pass was brought back in 2016, it was sold at the front gate for 454 <laughs> So in two years, wow. it, uh, no, 459 In two years, it went up $100. That's crazy. Because they were, they were trying to price them out, and they realized it wasn't going to work, so now they're getting rid of it. Uh, the uh, and then uh, the th- so the old pass gave people access for 215 days. The new at pass gave people access to 227. The extra hundred bucks for a dozen additional days works out to a 21 percent increase on a per day basis. Wait, when did it come back? 2016. And now they're already getting rid of it again. Yeah. Wow. Overcrowding, dude. Yeah, for real. Overcrowding. And it's only going to get worse. Yeah. Which and and I, I guess you know number one it's important uh, for people in SoCal to to know this but also like you guys are paying tax SoCal people are paying taxes that benefit Disneyland right that's how that works right. and you can't get your pass well it's not like they can't go they just have to get a better pass they have to pay a little more right that would that would that would make me not happy like because they have to deal with the people the infrastructure the traffic the the congestion of living in that area right. and they don't get any benefit of that and they pay taxes for it. But I bet you'd still do it. Hey, I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. I only, I only know what I know. Okay. We're going to do the fact of the show and then we're going to bail. Because that's what we do here. <laughs> on, yeah. Where did it go? This is um, a little tidbit for, uh, about Aladdin. And about Robin Williams. Apparently they were courting Robin Williams for a while. And he was unconvinced. He wasn't entirely sure he wanted to do it. So to convince him to take the part of Genie, animator Eric Goldberg animated some segments of the Genie to recordings of Williams' comedy albums. Oh, nice. Showed it to Robin. And then he was convinced to do the thing. That's cool. I would love to see those. Because Robin Williams is not kid-friendly comedy. No, I bet it was amazing. I think it would be awesome. Yeah. Anyway, that's the fact of the show, everybody. Uh, Thank you a lot for sticking with us. We're going to take a break and then record the secret show for all you Patreon supporters. And uh, for everybody else, until then, we'll see you in the parks.